We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Detroit Hunter, Brian, what is different about the you know, about Florida in 25 that we are suddenly able to crack open the door? Well, I don't think either one of the Florida kids they got are lifelong Florida kids. I think they've both moved that's to Florida. True. That's so true. I think that's part of it. And 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 both when they signed up, come into the name, went to really good private schools, Catholic Jesuit private schools. That 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 factors into the conversation as well. Right. Right. Oh, speaking of 25 kids, Brian, it's only a year and a half before those kids yeah. sign, not two and a half years. I, yeah. Man, I'm a gym teacher. I knew what Matt's you meant. not my strong suit. I, I knew what you meant. A year and a half still a long ways away, all right? Yeah. I'll... <laughs> I knew what you meant. All good, buddy. Yeah, all good. good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Crispy bacon. Statistically, do we sustain more injuries versus Navy than other teams, or is this simply a misnomer? Notre Dame hasn't they, sustained they a used to. injuries. Yeah, they did used recently. to. Right. There was a time, like late in Coach Weiss's tenure, but I also remember like early in Brian Kelly's tenure, where it seemed like every game there was a couple right. dudes getting carted off. The that field. was the thing. Yeah, you got to remember in recent years they've gotten rid of a lot of the cut blocking, especially on the perimeter. You can't cut block on the perimeter the way you used to. And so the rule changes have kind of eliminated that right. to a degree. You just can't like cut a guy from behind like you could 10 years ago. Right, Vince? And so I think that's Correct. factored into it as well. Yep, absolutely. But also Notre Dame's just a better program. They're better. They're coached better. Look, best way to not get injured against Navy is make sure your kids know how to be, defeat a cut block. Mm-hmm. You can't hurt me if, I don't, if, you, if you can't cut me. Right. You know, but and that's yeah. one of those things, Brian, that, uh, it's a misnomer, I would say, because I'll, I'll use Crispy Bacon's word. It's a misnomer only because it used to be true, but it's not true now. It's kind of like the whole green jersey thing. Like, remember, it used to be, oh, they can't win in green jersey. They haven't lost in green jerseys in like 15 years. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's that kind of a thing. It's it, right. it got so ingrained in people's mind. Injuries versus Navy, green jerseys, can't win in them. Like, that's right. just right here, even though the reality is that's just not true anymore. Yeah, because I, I actually have this. Uh, so I went I went yesterday and I did a thing where I put Notre Dame's record against when they're wearing an alternate uniform. Oh, okay. Since the Brian Kelly era. And the only game Notre Dame lost that I that and I might be forgetting a game, but I don't believe that I am. The only game that Notre Dame lost, uh, you know what? I did forget a game. I forgot 2011 Michigan. Oh, on the road. Those the are only those, two games. I that love they, those uniforms, by yeah, the way. Oh, they were awesome. They were sweet. So Notre Dame, since 2010, all the alternate uniform games and green jersey games. So since Brian Kelly arrived, they have worn green jerseys six times. They're 6-0. Okay. and oh. The closest game they had was Cal last year in BC 1916 against Fenway. They beat Florida State 42-13, to Navy 44-6, to Maryland 45-21, and Army 27-3. Then they wore alternate uniforms. Last year, they beat BYU 28-20. The year before that, they beat Wisconsin 41-13. Two years before that, they beat BC 40-7. The year before that, they beat Clemson 36-3. 2017, they beat Navy 24-17. 2014, they beat Purdue 30-14. Beat Arizona State in 13, 37-34. And then in 2012, they beat Miami 41-3 in an alternate uniform. The two losses were 2011 to Michigan. Yeah. And then 2018 playoff game to 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 Clemson. And the only and that's even questionable if you want to call that an alternate uniform. The only thing that was what alternate they, was the gloves and the cleats. Yeah. Remember they wore the green gloves that. and cleats? They yeah, wore the same that. uniform. And so that's even stretching it if you even yeah. want to include that. Yeah, I don't know if I would you include know? that. Definitely yeah, the Michigan game. The uniform was the same. They just right. wore different gloves right. and cleats. Right. That, the, but yes, definitely the, Michigan. Definitely Michigan. And those I love it. Those throwback, like Adidas did a good job with the throwback 
quote unquote yes. uniforms. Yes. Like those were clean. They were awesome. It's just too bad. Too bad they didn't win in them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But those those uniforms were sweet. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah the, the jersey thing is because the, the, it brings up bad memories, right? Sure. People that say that are still holding on to the O2 game against BC and still thinking about the USC game in 05. But here's the 05, thing about the 05 yeah, USC exactly. game. Notre Dame played out of their minds that game. You're right. They played the great. <laughs> I mean, the O2 BC game. And then there was like the 07 green jersey game against USC. That did not but go it's well. kind of like that team was terrible. Right. Right, like it had nothing to do with the jersey to USC. Right? Had nothing to do with the jersey. Nothing. Nothing to do with their starting quarterback. Nothing. The whole team, like it was just a bad. <laughs> Look at you, you taking shots at starting quarterback of that team. You mean? <laughs> I know that was that was wrong. I apologize. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was, it was so right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I got a super chat here from that one guy. Fifteen. Trayvon Henderson at OSU carted off at practice, and I believe in the chat they kind of put this one to bed that. They haven't even started practice yet. So yeah. I, I was going to ask about that one, Vince, because I don't think they start till like Thursday. Uh, According yeah. to Archer, they don't start till Thursday. Now, that doesn't mean that he wasn't injured right. in a workout. He, But Archer said he went on all the boards and all the sites, and there's yeah. no mention of it. So yeah, it feels like that might not be the case. And but I, I hope it's not the case. I want Ohio I'll State to that. be full go. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is I like Travion Henderson. I mean, this is a kid, that Vince, as a high school senior – was like a 4.0 student, outstanding and just really in, involved in the community, all that stuff. I don't ever want to see any kid really get injured. Yeah, right. But I really – and he's from Virginia. I mean, that's, we got to stick together, man. You know what I mean? So uh, I certainly hope that's not true. And he's now saying that he read the tweet wrong. But, okay. uh, yeah, all I don't right, ever well, want that to, to be no, the case. No. Never be the case. Uh, let's see here. Sparkling Swan. Thank you very much for the super chat. Don't know if this was spoken about, but how are you both feeling about the Under Armour deal? I mean, it's not official yet, number one. Uh, but the, you know, the reports are that they're going to re-up with with Under Armour, and I feel the same way today that I felt about it yesterday, the day before that, and the day before that. I don't care. Um, I now I will say that I have empirical evidence that. Shoes slash cleats yes. are an issue. That's my and I'm not just talking problem. about football. I'm talking about yeah. basketball, etc. And track. That, it yep. needs to be addressed. That needs to be addressed. Uh, but other than that, cool, man. Like, okay, cool. There, it's going to be the the the. According to the reports, it's going to be the richest contract in the country for an apparel deal. So you can check that box off. You know, Jack Swarbrick said he they wanted to be a priority for that. Okay, check that box off. Obviously, they are making commitments to give even more gear and more stuff and more this and more like I, I, they checked all the boxes, man. And it's not like they picked Under Armour just to piss everybody off. Okay, right. like I want to make sure everybody understands that, or because Jack that, Swarbrick's kid works there, right? Like it's just that's not the way it went down. It was a business decision. They had the best offer. And so they took it. And, and it's they, not all about yeah. the money either. It's the things I mentioned before. Uh, but they need to address the shoe thing. That that needs to be addressed. I don't think the issues with Nike are completely out of Notre Dame's. I, this is just reading between the lines of conversations I've had. I don't think it was a driving factor, but it was not ignored by Notre Dame either. But it really came down to primarily money. 
Sure. And that's what all these deals come down to. If, yeah. if Adidas came in and offered Ohio State when their next deal is up, the, the difference in money that Notre Dame currently, from what I'm told, got between Nike and, and Under Armour, and, and again, this could end up being not accurate. I mean, again, this is what I was told by some some sources and why I've felt for a while that Under Armour is eventually going to be the, the deal. If Adidas came in and said, hey, we're going to offer you, at, you know, X 20, 30, 40 million dollars more to sign with us than Nike, I guarantee Ohio State would bail on Nike because that's what it's about. It's about absolutely the apparel deal, it's about money. Tyler Evans, thanks for the super chat. Is there a team this upcoming season that's going to have a rude awakening? Ooh, that's a, a good, good hope. Yeah, a rude awakening, but I can't really say that they will. Yeah, there's uh, there's a there's several events that I think could end up having a rude awakening. I'll kind of go quickly by conference. So ACC, you know, that's going to be an interesting one. I don't know that there's a a team there that I would necessarily say that for sure about. Although there are some teams in the middle of that pack that if they don't make some changes could find themselves being buried really quickly, but I wouldn't necessarily go there. I think Cincinnati is in for a rude awakening this season. Oh yeah. The the fact that they lost Luke Fickle and, and all the recruiters, they've had a lot of talent depleted from their roster that they haven't been able to replenish the same way. You're like you said, Vince, you're going to the big 12, I think Cincinnati's that's my pick for a team that's in for I mean, rude awakening in the big even when they went to the playoff with all the talent that they had and the coaching that they had. Remember down the stretch, so after they beat Notre Dame, obviously we were all watching Cincinnati and we we're all paying very close attention to Cincinnati. Remember how many of those games yeah. against the conference that they were in yeah. came down to like the fourth quarter, the yeah. last second. I mean, yeah. a fumble here, an interception. Barely beat like, Navy. Yeah, I mean, fair to be Tulsa. They were playing like crap against Tulane in the first yes, half. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and so, yeah. and that, yeah. and they had all that talent too. Right. So now they don't have that talent. They got a new coaching staff, and they're going to a Power Five conference. Like, right. You're right. I think that's going to be an interesting scenario. They're yeah. Know. They're they're in for a rude awakening, in my opinion, yeah. no doubt. Let's see. Uh, Big Ten. This is an interesting one. Well, n- Northwestern. Well. <laughs> I don't Purdue. know if that'll be a rude awakening, though. <laughs> Purdue is my pick in the Big Ten. Purdue okay. is it's going to be a rough year. I've heard a, I don't know much about Ryan Walters, their new head coach, and if everything I hear about him is true, he's going to do well there. He's just walking in at the exact wrong time. They lost a lot of players. Jeff Brom did not do a great job recruiting down the stretch, and they were built to run the off a, a, a program a certain way that's completely different than what. I think Ryan Walters wants to do. I mean, he's going to be doing some air raid stuff, but it's just going to be, you know, he, he I believe he hired um, Graham Harrell to be his offensive coordinator. That guy struggled to put a great offense on the field with you at USC with USC's talent. That's true. And then Purdue this year has to play Fresno in the opener. They play at Virginia tech and home against Syracuse. That's a nutty out of conference schedule right there. Like, no, your, your, your group of five is Fresno. You, then they play Wisconsin, Illinois at home, at Iowa, home against Ohio State, at Nebraska, at Michigan, home against Minnesota, at Northwestern, home against Indiana. So November's a little easier after Michigan, sort of. But by that point in time, who knows what they're going to be? I think Purdue's in for a rude awakening this year. They're they're they're, they're going to. I think they're going to struggle. And the the transition is going to be hard on them. Yeah, in my I opinion. think I think Wisconsin's going to. A 
lot of people think Wisconsin's going to be, you know, really, really good, win that division, you yeah. know, et cetera, et cetera. I think the media picked them to win the division. Yeah. I just there's a lot of turnover going on there with the kind of offense that they yeah. want to run and all that. I just don't feel like that's going to be the smoothest of transitions. It, it, in other words, is that going to translate into a bunch of wins in year one? Yeah. I, I don't know that I see that. And so if Wisconsin fans are like, hey, man, it's the Big Ten championship or bust, that could be a rude awakening. I'm going to say this, Vince, about the Big 12. I mean, the 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 Pac-12. Because it's going to come across as I'm a hater on Dion, And I think you know that I am not. I want Dion to be successful there. But I think there's a lot of Colorado fans that are thinking they're going to be a lot better than they actually instantly, are going to be this year. Instantly better with the Correct. 75% turnover on your yes. roster or whatever yes. it is. They're, 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 and, and here's the other thing, too. That schedule is brutal. So there's a few things working against Dion in 2023. Number one, the roster inherited was worthless. I mean, it was a bad group of five roster. Vince, <laughs> which is like, really pathetic, by the way, it really is. And I will it also really say, is. like, with all the media that has been going on surrounding Dion and the whole thing, right? And they they're following him around. Their facilities are really nice. Yeah, like they're they're yeah. they're strength conditioning. Like their facilities, it, and are it's a real. beautiful area. Yeah, I mean, how can you not sell that to kids? My like, wife and I drove <sighs> by their stadium all the time on our way up to oh, okay up to for uh, Estes Park. You know, we okay. drive through Boulder on the highway. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's Don't just get it. That's just yeah. That's just it's because you had you hired you didn't prioritize it, and you had hired yeah. people that weren't good. But you look at like last year, they played their non their non conference games last year. They got killed. They got killed by TCU. Air Force beat them forty one to ten. Minnesota beat them forty nine to seven. Wow. I mean, th- they have they have a terrible terrible roster, and wow. people just think they're gonna like just oh they added a couple five stars like I, so. Those five stars were not added with a bunch of other great players. Right. And their schedule this year is brutal. That's the other part of it. So you, you've got to play at TCU, home against Nebraska, home against Colorado State. And that's not going to be necessarily a, a you know, Colorado around. State's not great, you know, but like they play Colorado tough for whatever reason. They play Colorado tough. They're, even though they're that's, not very their, good. that's their big rival yeah. game, though. Yeah. You know? Then, then, so hopefully they win that one. Then they got to play at Oregon, home against USC, at Arizona State, home against Stanford, at UCLA, home against Oregon State, home against Arizona, at Washington State, at Utah. Like, yeah, that's tough. There aren't a lot of non-conference gimmies to help them get some dubs, right? I mean, if he goes five hundred this year, that's a hell of a. If he goes five hundred or better this year, he should literally be a finalist for the Coach of the Year award. Agreed. Dead serious. I'm dead serious. That's why I'm not saying I'm not an anti. I want Dion to be six. I'm. You know me, Vince. I'm all for non-big time programs getting better because it helps to kind of sure. There's a there's. I'm I'm not a fan of forced parity. I hate forced parity i like when parity becomes because so many different schools are doing what they need to do and there there's just a lot of good situations going on that's the kind of parity i like mm-hmm. not parity comes from salary caps and all this other kind of bull crap right not a big fan of that if you don't want to work hard then you shouldn't have you know then you don't get rewarded by getting the number one overall draft pick right i just i'm i don't that's one of the issues i have with professional sports is the forced parity i understand it i just don't like it as much sure. And and so I want Coach Sanders to be successful. I do. 
I didn't like him as a player, but I've gotten to know him, not know him personally, but like know him from talking to people and reading stories about the kind of things he wants to do. Yes, he's a kind of self-absorbed in a lot of ways. He's always been that way, but he's self-absorbed in a look at me kind of way. He's not self-absorbed from the standpoint of of the impact he's trying to make in people's lives. Right. And he's always been that way. Yeah. So I would like to see Dion be successful for a host of reasons, but he's just not going to be this year. And no, if they are, not. that's a great coaching job. Like yeah. if he goes six and six, you'll have some people in the media saying, well, it looks like the Deion Sanders experiment's not working out so well. Uh, no, like, no, if Deion, honestly, Vince, if he goes four and eight, that's a pretty good coaching job this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, but uh, the, the Colorado fans are in for a rude awakening. Cause like they're yeah. selling out season tickets and they're all excited about their team. And I'm like, Ooh, it's going to be a rough year for y'all. <laughs> uh, Big 12. That's a tougher one. The Big 12, or I mean, SEC, I mean. Oh, okay. I don't know who my pick is going to be. Have in we the done SEC. the Big 12 yet? We, did, well, we just we did. did Cincinnati. Yeah, okay. we did Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah. I don't know who my rude awakening is going to be. Maybe, you know, Florida? They could they could be in for a rough year. Yeah. Maybe Missouri, maybe. The, the SEC West, I just don't know enough about what Mississippi State has coming back and to know if they're if they're but that could be tough not having Mike Leach and then you're moving away from the air raid and some other things I think miss but I just don't know enough about them to confidently say they're going to be one of those teams if that makes sense Vince okay so yeah those are those are my picks yeah those I, are my picks I don't really have a better one for the SEC that's for sure but there's plenty of teams out there that I would love to have a rude awakening like that's a fun one oh, Vince I, who would you like to have a, oh, a well, rude awakening? I mean, go, let's I, go ace let's go conference by conference okay, give me one okay. team that you want to see just oh, fall man. flat on their face this year this, I mean and this, tell me this, why tell me wait, why can I just I mean, this is literally a first class ticket on the petty train so yeah here it's we all go. good it's all good okay all right all right so let's go ACC first let's go ACC first I'm not going to say Clemson because I want Clemson to have a good season because I want Notre Dame's win over them to mean something. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say Clemson ACC. There's nobody uh, Florida state. I suppose I I, I want Florida state to be good. I do. Cause I think it's good. Like getting when Florida state starts stealing or not stealing, getting more five-star recruits. They're not taking them from Notre Dame. They're taking them from Alabama. Good call. I got one for you, Vince. And as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, yep. Somebody put Pitt, and I think Bingo. that's a great one. Yeah. Yes, because I can't stand yeah. Pat Narduzzi. Yeah. Yeah. I've never <laughs> liked Pitt I, for a, a lot of reasons, but Pat Narduzzi makes it really easy. Not the one thing I like about Pitt is their recent change in their color scheme. I gone like back to the uniforms. old school. I yeah, love their old. I love I'm, the go, going back to the old school colors. I do. Yeah. I really like their their yep. their look right now. That's the only yep. thing I like about Pitt. So uh, yep. they were easy to hate when they had those gross uniforms that they were wearing, like when. Uh, um, why uh, Larry Fitzgerald was there. You know what I mean? Like that was just a, like it was gross. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Pitt for ACC. I like that one a lot. What's next? Let's go big 12. Texas, Texas all day long. I, I know me. It, it falls under the category of, you know, when Texas is good, college football is good. Like I get, I, I, I get don't that necessarily to a agree degree, with that, but yeah, but I, there's just, there's something about their QB that rubs me the wrong way. There's just, I don't know. Yep. I I'm just not a Texas fan and there's a lot of bandwagon Texas fans out there that bug me. Mm-hmm. So Texas is my, uh, Oklahoma is my pick Vince, because okay. uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I like Steve Sarkeesian. Number one. And I've never disliked Texas. Okay. I, I've 
I've disliked some of the hype around Texas, but I've never had this. I've never liked Oklahoma. Going back to when I was a kid, Barry Switzer just rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> Brian Bosworth annoyed the crap out of me. I just, I've never been like, now I like who Brian Bosworth has become. Sure. Yes. But I didn't agreed. like who he was then. The the 30 for 30 that they did on him, I thought yes, was really, excellent. really good. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, he's in Christian movies and I'm watching, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, no, right. Um, and, and he owns who he was like mm-hmm. the tears yeah. he had when he, when his kid lifted up that, that, that shirt that he wore that got him in trouble at the bowl game. Yeah. He was like, don't, 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 that's not something to be proud of. Like he was like, right. you could see just the hurt in his eyes, like the missed opportunity he had of, of, of what he risked just to be a knucklehead, you know? And sure. And I respect the heck out of that. Right. He doesn't try to like whitewash his past or glorify. He's like, man, I, I don't like that. I was that guy. I just, mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. like him then. The only thing that remotely made me like Oklahoma at all was Jamel Holloway. I just liked watching him play quarterback. Okay. He was an option wizard, man. But I disliked Oklahoma. I, I then started to like him more as I got older because I really liked Bob Stoops. But then when he left, it's just kind of like I became a, I just, I don't like Lincoln Riley a whole lot. But I love him compared to my feelings for Brent Venable since he's become head coach. Yeah. The just dumb cringeworthy things man. that this guy says are just like, what are you talking about? And just yeah. the lack of self-awareness that he has, like taking shots at Miami for the fact they got beat by Middle Tennessee State last year. And what is like Florida State beat him like 45 to three. And he was making a comment, you know, we went six and seven, but at least we didn't blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Miami went like what, five and seven? Yeah. Right. Like, bro, you weren't that far away. Right. And with all due respect, you have your your success last year. You have no right to have a negative comment towards anybody. Right. You lost to you lost to Texas 49 to nothing. You lost to Texas Tech. You lost to freaking West Virginia and you lost to Baylor at home because yeah. you need to shut your pie hole right now and worry about your team. I can't stand coaches who take shots at other teams, especially when you're not even good. And his whole stuff about, you know, his you know, committed players. And I'm like, then why do you keep trying to flip everybody else's committed yeah. players if this is something you believe in? Like, you are a, a first-class hypocrite yes. who says really weird, cringy things. Yeah, he like just – fire hose comment was like, what? Yeah, he, he's – he was he was yeah. a good coordinator when they people weren't sticking a microphone in his face. Correct. Like he needs to be behind the scenes, just doing Correct. football stuff because he's a terrible interview because he only says stuff where he puts his foot in his mouth. He sounds like an idiot, and he's making his program look like an idiot. And 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 his head coaching style does not translate to wins at this point. And yeah. I don't I don't know that the Oklahoma maybe maybe Oklahoma I don't know enough Oklahoma fans right. Is their is their fan base delusional enough to think that he's going yes. to be successful? Well, they're also just kind of. I only know the Oklahoma fans on social media, and okay, so this is enough. a really unfair way of, of <laughs> yeah. you know, because like there's some Notre Dame fans on social media that I'm like block. I, I put it like I've blocked more Notre Dame fans on Twitter than I've blocked LSU fans, right? If that tells you anything, that's fair. Uh, but uh, on a percentage basis, it's much higher because LSU fans are just strange although i did have one lsu fan hit me up on dm the other day and he was very respectful and we had a conversation it was really cool but um we obviously had a couple in here but uh uh yeah oklahoma fans that i've engaged with are just not i don't like them very much but it's more so about brent venables honestly for me i just don't see brent venables making it after this year i like i think this is his last year 
if, if still, yeah, yeah, if they know. don't turn it around quick. I mean, the one good thing he has going for him is the schedule sets up nicely. They start off with Arkansas State and SMU at home, should win those. They play at Tulsa, at Cincinnati. At worst, you're three and one there. You know, sure. Then you've got Iowa State at home. So there's a chance you're five and oh, and you haven't really beat anybody yet. Then you play Texas in the neutral field. Then you central Florida at home at Kansas, at Oklahoma State, home against West Virginia, at BYU, home against TCU. So, like, there's no Texas Tech on there. There's no Baylor on there. You know, there's yeah, some good true. teams that you're not having to play because the conference is bigger this year. So the comp, the schedule is a little bit easy, more man. I don't say easy because you, when you got to play Texas away, you know, on a neutral field and you've got to play UCF and you've got to play at Oklahoma State, at Kansas, at BYU, and home against TCU, your schedule isn't easy. It's just a little more manageable. I think sure. it's probably a, a, a more objective There's plenty of road bumps for him, though. How about that? There's plenty of speed bumps for him to screw something up or say something stupid, and that's going to happen. He's going to be a soundbite this year. I'm going to say we're going to move to the Big Ten next, but you're not allowed to pick Michigan because that's a given. That's messed up. (laughs) Who's who's the non-Michigan team? Because that's a given. We already know who that would be. Who's the non-Michigan team that you would like to see fall flat on their face this season? Minnesota, good one, right? Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, I know exactly just why. Not a, is, is it just not a PJ fan Fleck? of? Yeah, not a yeah, fan of PJ Fleck. You. I just, yeah, I don't. I, I want. I want Michigan. It's like people saying MSU. I like Michigan State. I want them to be successful. I want Purdue to be successful. I want IU to be successful. Yeah. I, I have no problem with any of those. Yeah. Um, I really don't. So, I, it would be Minnesota. Like I, yeah. I think Wisconsin's going to. Be a, have a rude awakening, so I can't pick them. Yeah. Obviously, I I just have no love for Minnesota, man. None. Yep, I agree. Okay, let's go to the Pac-12. Hmm. I'm not again. I'm not going to pick anybody on Notre Dame's schedule, so I'm not picking USC. Um, who do you want to fall flat on their face? I know who mine is. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and and a lot you'll you'll notice some themes with who I want to fall flat on their face. It's Oregon. Dan okay. Lanning annoys the mess out of me. <laughs> so I don't, he just, I just, something about that guy I do not like, man. I don't know. I mean, as a coach, right? He may be the greatest human being on the planet. I don't know. I'm talking about as a coach, I just d- dislike him. And the way they're going about the NIL stuff just really bothers me. So I'd yeah. love for them to fall flat on their face and for Jonathan Smith to hang 50 on them this year. Yeah. That's what I would love to happen. I would love to see okay. DJ Uyunglele. I did it, right? Did I do yeah. it right? Yeah, you did. You I'd it. love you to see him it. have like a 380-yard game and they just light yeah. Oregon on fire. And that's there's no Bo Nix hate because, as you know, I like Bo Nix. I just dislike Dan Lanning a whole lot sure. more than I like Bo Nix. Yeah, so, I'm not going to go with Arizona State because I kind of want Drew Pine to be successful. I have no ill will towards yeah. that kid. I, I want him to I be like successful. I like Kenny Dillingham. He, he's done you know? a nice job. Yeah, I, 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 have, I don't have a whole lot of negative thoughts towards the pack. 10 12 whatever they are these mm-hmm. days uh pack nine in, in a year um i have no yeah. ill will towards a lot of those teams i really don't is, is it wrong that i kind of want the utah offense to struggle a little bit why i just because of everything that went down that's not andy logo's fault i know Learned it's not his fault but i still i know but i still no. want him to struggle i don't no, know yeah, i don't okay i like kyle I, whittingham i, I like still him. want him to win i still want him to win so yeah. no because anyway. if their offense struggles they're not going to win that's true. No, that's a good so, point. I, I don't. I, yeah. I almost feel like I want Jared Parker to be the right choice. Like, yeah, like oh, hey, we got we ended up making the right decision anyway, or something yep. like that. You know. What well, I mean? I mean, look, I don't. I don't care if 
if Utah lights the world on fire this year and so does Notre Dame, then it's going to be the right decision. I mean, that's true. And, and if, and if Utah struggles this year on offense and so does Notre Dame, it's not going to, well, at least we don't have Andy Ludwig, you know, the guy that's won back to back pack 12 times. Right. But I want, I want them, I want that answer to be, first of all, I can't stand that revisionist stuff. Even if it ends up being the great hire, it doesn't change that Notre Dame's at admin dropped the ball oh, on so that badly. process so badly. And, and that's just so the reality badly. of it. Yeah. Now I hope it still works out. I like Jared Parker. I think he's going to do very well, but that yeah. doesn't change the, the, the process being flawed. Yeah. It'll just Agreed. say that Marcus Freeman rescued them from themselves. Right. Is basically what I mean. That's but that's going to be determined by what Jared Parker does, no matter what Utah does. Yeah. I hope they're both successful, to be honest with you. And then last one, Vince, is the SEC, and it's hard to only pick one. You're not kidding. My pick is I, not LSU. N- it's not. Oh, it, it's definitely mine. Yeah, it's not. Mine's yeah. not LSU. Okay. Okay. Not that Who's I'd have yours? a problem with it, but, <laughs> you know, uh, Part the petty part of me wants to pick LSU just because not even because of Brian Kelly, just because yeah. how noxious their fans are. But uh, for me, it's it's just still it's still Texas A and M. Like I just it, it's because yeah. it's it's A and M or Auburn or one of the two for me. Here, here's the problem: is as much as I dislike Brian Kelly, there are way douchier coaches in the in the SEC than Brian Kelly. I mean, Eli Drinkwitz. <laughs> you know, I hope that dude goes zero twelve. He annoys the heck out of me. Ah. You know, uh, uh, Hugh Freeze is just – I dislike him a lot. Uh, A&M, I, like dis- I dislike Jimbo a lot. See, to me, the problem is rooting again for LSU to fall flat on their face, basically just hoist Bama back up to their spot. That's true. That Yeah. And and because no one else in the SEC West is going to beat Bama – is going to beat Bama this year for the title. They may get knocked off. You know, Hugh Freeze beat him a couple times, Auburn. But, like, as far as the only team that has a chance to beat them – for the SEC West title is LSU, Oof. and I and I, again I want I want Bama I want, to be brought down. I don't want one for the bit. other though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I understand I all that. So like I don't the other. be good enough to to give LSU Alabama some damage. I just don't want Alabama's run to the West to just be easy because LSU sucks this year. Yeah, I don't want them to win the West or anything you know per sure. se, but just you know beat them once and then Georgia can beat them in the SEC title game and they're out of the playoff. Like you're right. fine. Give me that. I still I still want uh, Brian Kelly to be like an eight nine win team. Yeah, you know I, mean? I, get I get that. You know, I, I I dislike Brian Kelly. I don't want him to lose just because. Yeah, it's more so. The only reason I would root for them to lose is just because how just obnoxious their fans are and the people that cover that team are. That's really That's what it boils down to. Also true. But I, I, you know, there's other people I dislike more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's some funny answers in here, Vince. Somebody oh, said yeah. Brian's is going to be LSU, so I think I saw some pri- so surprise some people no, mine was uh, definitely with, with my answer. But, yeah, I, I dislike Jimbo a lot more than I dislike Brian Kelly. Oh, that's fair. And that's saying a lot. That is saying that's a That's saying lot. a lot, Vince. Because you and I have had some conversations, okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, somebody said Vanderbilt. I don't get – I like Clark. Oh, not at I all. Clark I want, a really good guy. No, I yeah. want them to be successful. Yeah, agree. Agree. Let's wrap up here, Vince. We got a few more questions I want to get to. Here's one okay. along those lines from Andrew Gilmore, uh, kind of along what we just discussed. Yeah, it says Brian, do you want Reese to succeed? Of course. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's good for Notre Dame if he does. Like, this is what some of y'all have to get out of your own feelings to say, even if you dislike Tommy Reese, him succeeding at Alabama is good for Notre Dame because anything, anytime Notre Dame coaches leave for other jobs and do well, it makes that Notre Dame job more attractive. Absolutely. Hey, Tom Reese did a great job here. He went to Bama, which he did a great job there. And then that vaulted him to the NFL or to head coaching position or whatever the case may be. I also don't dislike Tommy Reese the way that some fans do. I don't, which I, I mean, I, to a degree, I, I get it. Cause he's kind of just kind of got a little bit of a gruff personality. He's, you know, he's just not a guy trying to win anyone's hearts over with his, you know, outgoing fun, loving demeanor in public. Uh, he's a, junkie film junkie like you and i are you know yeah. it's just it's just it's just he doesn't care about all that other stuff right right whatever i didn't always like the things he did offensively i mean we've talked about that but sure. I, I i never had a personal issue with tommy reese ever i've never disliked tom reese as a person i didn't always agree with the job he did that's true of other people that i'm very fond of as human beings so i don't i don't want and look it was just time it was just time for him to move on. It was. Sure. And, and and sometimes that's okay. Like he needed to get out from underneath the Notre Dame shadow to, to kind of spread, become his, his own man, yeah, so to speak. Sure. Right. You know, and, 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 and say, hey, I got to be able to, you know, my kind of sink or swim on my own, you know, merits. And I think being under Nick Saban is going to be good for Tommy as a coach. And, um, you know, so no, I, I do I want him to succeed? Yeah, sure. As long as it's not beating Notre Dame. Yeah, right. of course. I don't want him to beat Notre Dame in games. I don't want him to beat Notre Dame for recruits. Outside of that, exactly. I, I, I nothing, want him yeah. and Tyler Buckner to be successful at Alabama. Right. I've said this before. I excuse me. I just don't want to be. I don't want fly or something. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I just don't want Notre Dame to be a speed bump on their way to success. Like that. That I do not want that at all. If it's head to head, of course I want Notre Dame to be successful. I want them to win. But outside of the Notre Dame effect, I want those guys to be successful. I have no ill will towards either one of those guys because you know yeah. what? You put any one of us in the situation that Tommy Reese was in, most of us are going to take the Alabama job, man. For all of the reasons that you just said, I mean, that is a step up. It's a chance to learn under Nick Saban. I have no and, problem with that. And what's also funny is some of the people that were the nastiest to Tommy Reese were the first ones to call him disloyal when he left. Right. It's not disloyalty, guys. That's not. Well, well, the, the, that's not even the point. Even if it was disloyal to leave your alma mater, 
like some of the abuse he took was like beyond just yeah. criticism for a bad play call or a bad game plan. Like some people just could never let it, never let it go. Right. Just like whatever right. this, he made this interception as a player or whatever the case may be. Right. Like, I don't care about that. I, I, I'm not going to dislike Tommy Reese because I didn't think he was a great quarterback. Just like I'm not going to hype up Adrian um, Autry Denson as a coach because he was a really good player. player. Right. It, the two have nothing to do with each other. Exactly. So, no, I, I hope he does well. I hope Logan Diggs does well at LSU. I hope that, that Quinn Carroll does well at Minnesota. I hope that all those kids perform well. I, you know, th- there's very few, and I would never say who they are, there's very few where I just have no strong feeling about them being successful because I don't think they did things the right way. But I have no problem with Tyler. Tyler Buckner went through the whole spring and battled his butt off. He lost a job and he wants to start. So he thinks he's that. I just think it speaks volumes that he thinks he's got a better shot starting at Alabama than Notre Dame. I think it just speaks yeah. volumes. Yeah. Smiling Irish, if they do get Deuce Knight, would the quarterback recruiting sequence of Minchi, Carr, and Knight be their best lineup since 2000? Man, that's it's probably. Yeah. Because if you look at some of them, like the Jimmy Clausen. Dane Chris back to back was really good. But then in 09, did they even sign anyone in 09 at quarterback Vince? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I, I don't even know that they signed a quarterback in 09. And in 06, it was like it was like Zach Frazier and Demetrius um uh, Demetrius Jones, right? I always forget his last name. Uh Demetrius it's Demetrius Jones, correct? The guy that was quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. In 09, yeah, they didn't even sign a quarterback in 09. And then in 2010, it was like Andrew Hender, Andrew Hendricks and Luke Massa and Tommy Reese. 11, you got Gun- you got Everett Golson, Gunnar Keelan, 12. And then Malik Zayer in 13. I don't view that stretch as being better. The Gunnar Keel, Malik Zaire, Deshaun Kaiser trio wasn't better because I was never as high on Gunnar Keel as other people. And as talented as Malik was, he was very raw. Sure. And uh, Deuce is more advanced as a sophomore than Malik was as a senior because Malik played in an option offense. It wasn't necessarily right. played an option offense. Then you could look at the 13 Malik, Kaiser, Wimbush is probably the best three-year stretch they've had, in my opinion, because I liked Wimbush a lot more than I liked. Now, the reason I would give the edge to this group is because I think the flo- the Sean Kaiser ceiling is probably as high as if, if Deuce doesn't have the highest ceiling, should they get him? And again, we're just dealing with the hypothetical of the question of if they get him, right? He would have the highest ceiling, but Deshaun Kaiser's a close second to me. And, okay. and Brandon Wimbush had a lot of talent too. Brandon Wimbush got ruined at Notre Dame. Yes. Brandon Wimbush is a, I was, was a so high on Brandon Wimbush coming in so high. He, on him. he didn't even throw the ball the same way. His motion right. was changed. Everything was changed at Notre Dame. And uh, he was really good. CJ Carr has the highest floor of all of them. So I will say this as passers, definitely this most recent group is better than that, than that group as just pure passers. Kenny Minchie is a better pure passer than anybody they have. And he's not even as good of a pure passer as CJ Carr, in my opinion. They're close, very close. Those other guys had high, really high ceilings from a, they were dynamic all around players like much more dynamic runners than the current group. So if you, if you're a team that values, if you're someone who values that, then the 13 to 15 trio will be better. 
I think what Notre Dame wants to be is more of a throwing team, like the quarterback being a thrower, not a all-around guy. Yeah, you sure. want to be able to move and stuff, but you don't need a guy that – look, they're not recruiting Deuce Knight and C.J. Carr if they want to stiff in the quarterback that never runs. I mean, C.J. Carr's a scrambler. Deuce is a scrambler. But they're not the runners those guys were. Right. They're athletic, the but they're not right. – yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Wimbush almost rushed for a thousand yards at Notre Dame. Right, and he might have got there if he didn't have a if he didn't get banged up late in the year and kind of lose it a little bit. He still rushed for over 800 yards and had 14 touchdowns. It's a completely different type of quarterback. Josh Buffo, he says Sam Hartman is Notre Dame's best QB since. What say you? I'm gonna miss the OG shows when school starts. <laughs> Me too. I was talking about this with Angela last night. Um, <laughs> I also have to say, you and Ryan have done some really good shows the last few weeks as well. You guys do really well together, in my opinion. Um, Thanks, man. To me, Vince, let's see him play a game at Notre Dame first. Sure. You could say, statistically, it's easy. It's the best quarterback since Brady Quinn, Jimmy Clausen. I mean, statistically, but let's see what he does at Notre Dame first. I hope he's the best quarterback since 2009, Jimmy. If Sam Hartman is anything like Jimmy Clausen was in 09, this offense is going to be really freaking good. Yes, they are. I mean, really freaking good, Vince. So I hope yeah. he's that good. I hope he is too. I mean, we, but we haven't seen it yet. Like we've right. seen practice. We saw spring. We saw right. you know a little bit in the fall, but you, yeah. you don't you don't make I think your he can be in practice. Yeah, I think he can be, Vince. It's sure. just like I'm, I'm not ready too. to say he's the best since so and so. I mean, right. If he completes 68% of his passes and throws for 3,700 yards in only 12 games like Jimmy did that year, yeah, this team's going to be really flipping good. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Can't if Notre would have played in a bowl game that year, Jimmy would have had 4,000 yeah. yards. He had 10 yards a game. If this is my last year sitting in the press box, Brian. It's going to be a good one. So <laughs> I didn't say that was definitely going to be the case. <laughs> Beezer 12 washing beard. You are now, oh boy, you are now the NCAA commissioner. Congratulations. Uh, what's the first thing that you'd change? I would, um, there'd I be, there, in my office. there'd be a one bigger picture thing NCAA wise. And then there'd be another thing I would do for football. The first thing I would do is just completely rebrand the NCAA and okay. make sure that we get back to being an institution that cares first and foremost about the well-being of student athletes. First and foremost. That is our number one priority. Not we give lip service to it, but that's actually our number one priority. From a football standpoint, I would hire incredible lawyers. And I would say, because see, he asked me if I was the NCAA commissioner, not if I was the king of football. That's true. If I was the NCAA commissioner, there are laws on the books or Supreme Court cases that have allowed for conferences to negotiate their own tv contracts and to me the minute that happened it became the it was like the wound was was uh created that was eventually going to lead to the ncaa's death because then it, it became all about the money the tv money tv money has completely ruined so much of what i loved about college sports as along with the ncaa's own greed part of the issue that they did that is because the ncaa's own greed if the NCAA would have done a better job of being stewards of, of the game and of this, of things like that, it might've gone better. But so my goal would be is get lawyers to basically sue, negotiate, whatever I have to do to create a, a situation where if you're going to be part of the NCAA, you have to understand that we're going to have, we're going to have 
your, all your TV stuff is going to go through us because I would want to create a rev share. Now I would have a two tiered rev share. I'd have rev share for my power five, which for me would grow. I would add some teams to the power five, Fresno, San Diego state, some teams like that. And then I'd have a group of five and essentially however many games you want, that's what you're paying. You're paying for. Like I would come to, Hey, this is how much all these deals are worth. And this is kind of how much it is. So if you want to have sec games, cool, you can offer this amount of money and then you get sec games, but that's going into the, the main Power Five pot, and we're gonna have a TV revenue share, and then that's gonna then hopefully lead back to the reinstitution of the conferences to what they used to be. Because like conferences see, they, that make sense. NCAA has no say on what conference you're in. Sure. That's the thing is like so being NCAA commissioner, I'm very limited on what I can do. Mm-hmm. So like to me, that's the big thing I can try to fight in order to get back to it. Now that has to come after my original stated goal of we're getting back to doing things that are more student athlete oriented. That is our priority. Cause I do believe that, that, that is that, that the current system we've talked about this with volleyball team at USC having to fly some guy put on Twitter yesterday, the closest school to USC and UCLA is Nebraska, which is over 1500 miles away Good Lord. from USC. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. And so, you know, the volleyball team, the field hockey team, the soccer team, they all got to make those trips. It's just so in the middle of the week, by the way, because soccer doesn't just happen on, for example, soccer doesn't just happen on the weekends. Happens on a Tuesday or the only really weekend sport that I know. Correct. Correct. So like you're going to be going literally across the country on a Tuesday night or teams are going to have to come to you. Three-hour time difference, by the way, if you're going to go play the Rutgers volleyball team. So you got a three-hour time difference, and that's a, that's cool to do on a Tuesday. I mean, I realize not all schools take academics super seriously, but come on, man. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. The flight from L.A. to New Jersey on average is over six hours. Right. That's, that's a third of your day. And you're losing three hours. Yes. Right, because you're going from west to east. Yes, I mean so, that's yeah. a third of the day that you're awake. I should say, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's yep. that's ridiculous. That's yep. ridiculous. Brandon Plensner, what's the staff's infatuation with Derek Meadows? Because they saw him in person, or what do you see? Well, I mean, what seeing him in person is what allowed them to see the things that they're infatuated with, and they're infatuated with the fact that this kid is like six five. He's an explosive athlete. He is legitimately a four or five flat athlete. And I'm talking, when I say four or five, I'm talking about on the elect, the electronic type of stuff. I mean, he is a burner at that size. And they know that the p- catching has to get better, but he's just got so many of those things that you can't, I can work with a kid and make him a better pass catcher Vince. You know, but look at his speed. He's not going to be making a lot of contested catches, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, right? How many contested right. catches does Will Fuller have to make in his career? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, good point. If I'm three yards past you, I don't got to make a contested catch. They just see tons of potential, man. I mean, and and I get it. I, I'm the kid's very raw, but he is physically six five, fast, can jump, long arms. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like. It's just you you realize you're taking a bit of a chance because he's got to catch the ball better, to be honest with you. Jay Henry, I saw a clip of Ivan Taylor one-on-one with Micah Gilbert. Do you think he has some, quote, big 
nickel potential in addition yeah. to safety. Smitty and I were talking about this. In certain defenses, he could play corner. He could play corner in like Clark Lee's defense, like the way Julian Love did. He could play corner in Bob Diaco's defense. He's not a he's not an NFL corner, and he's not a corner in Notre Dame's defense, really, in my opinion. I'd give him a shot there, but definitely could see him being a big nickel and, and being a cover guy. 100% could see that, absolutely. Absolutely could see that. I like that, Jay. And I think the thing, too, is that would also give you the flexibility that if, depending on who else you have at, at, at safety, that you can kind of do some rolling in, in a very similar way. Like, you could use him in a very similar way to the way Oklahoma State used Thomas Harper last year, where he plays at nickel, but then also within the nickel package, he sometimes you'll drop him back and he can play over the top. There's a lot of different things you can do. So, yeah, I, I think, Jay, I think absolutely – Absolutely. That's something that adds value to what Ivan Taylor brings to the table. Ryan Hagan, with the acquisition of all the explosive offensive talent in recent classes, are you confident that Parker will utilize that talent better than Tommy Reese did during his tenure as offensive coordinator? Thanks, guys. Remains to be seen. Hopefully, yes. I mean, we're still kind of turning this into like a this is all Tommy Reese. Yeah, one v one here. Yeah. I don't think, again, I don't think all the issues at Notre Dame under Tommy Reese were because of Tommy That's Reese. a solid point. I think part of it was Brian Kelly. Part of it was, you know, Brian Kelly loved Ian Book, and that was going to be his guy, and there were always going to be limitations to what you could do in Book. But Tom, here's what I know. Tommy Reese's first three years as a coordinator at Notre Dame, first two years at Notre Dame as a coordinator, they went to the playoff. They went 11-2. and two. I mean, he wasn't terrible. Right. Were there things he could have done better? Sure. Will Jared Parker do better than he did? I have no idea. I hope right. so. Because I did have some issues with Coach Reese with certain things. I, I did. I mean, we the, the the lack of willingness to use RPOs drove me nuts. I, I would have done that. There was other, you know, the the last year, the look at me thing, right? Check with me thing. Like, ah, oh, come on now. Like, we're, we're this need to always be in a perfect play. But part of the reason he felt the need to be in the perfect play was because of what he had a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have a guy that can necessarily do this or do that. So there's a reason, know. though, he also went out to get Sam Hartman. Remember, because right. he Tommy Reese brought in Sam Hartman. Right. Tommy Reese also brought in CJ right. Carr and Kenny Minji. But so, even if you accept the premise that he didn't maximize the talent, I don't know that Coach Parker is going to be able to do that. Because here's the thing based on this premise, the offense being better under Jared Parker with better talent, and I do think it's going to have better talent, which Tommy Reese partly played a role in that doesn't mean he's maximizing the talent any better or utilizing the talent any better. It's just, I have better players. So my right. numbers are better. Right. Even though he's not maximizing it. I don't know what more Notre Dame could have done in 2020 offensively. And that's the other thing about Tom Reese's offense is had that weird COVID stuff went on in 2020. Sure. You know, it just, Notre Dame's got to do a better job of utilizing its talent on offense, Vince. I think that's the thing I will say. Whoever's whoever's fault it was or whatever the reasons why, whether it was understandable because of personnel or because coaches were stubborn or hard-headed or whatever, yeah, Notre Dame has to start maximizing the talent that they have better sure. and bringing in better players. I, sure. I will say that. I will say that. I just It's like the quarterback recruiting. Tom Roos is terrible recruiting quarterbacks. Well, all I know is, is the minute Brian Kelly was fired, Quarterback Notre recruiting, recruiting shot it. through the roof. Yes. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It it did. It's not a coincidence. Right. 
I'm just going to keep telling you all that. It's not a coincidence. Right. So we can blame whoever we want to blame for that. But now y'all see what we were talking about with that. Mm -hmm. This is the last one, Vince. We're going to end on this one. All right. Coach Cock says, if the O-line plays as well as you think they can, how many get drafted and guesses? Well, you can't say as where they go. Like, that's impossible to guess. It's like range wise. I mean, range wise. Oh, I was going to say, they're going to the Packers. Like, yeah, I mean, look, I think, I think if, if, if they play as well as they can, you've got three first round pick potential first round picks on your starting lineup in Joe Walt, Blake Fisher, and Billy Shrouth. Now, Billy Shrouth is a down the road first round draft pick. Right. The nature of his position is probably second half of the first round if he maximizes out. Joe Smith is the top 10. Blake Fisher, to me, is right now the best we've seen of him is more late first round is his max. I don't know that he's got top first round potential with the smaller body. I need to see that first. You know what I mean, Vince? Like I need like sure. no, in I my you. practice report today, I said, look, Blake is moving really well, Vince. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you saw what I oh, saw. Yeah, he was it's literally right in front of me. Like, yeah, I mean, it's three feet he's away. moving. His feet yes. are so much quicker. But yes. can he move people? That's the question. Now, if Blake doesn't lose strength with the with the l- less weight, then yes, vault him into the top half of the first round. Sure. Potentially. Is it 2024? No. Blake to me needs to come back for a year. Agreed. And then be that guy. Unless he just happens to end up being like a mauler all year long. I mean, which he's going to get a lot of love or he's going to get a lot of looks because Joe Alt's on the other side of the line. Right. So a lot of NFL teams are going to watch Notre Dame film because they're watching for Joe Alt and they're going to see Fisher. So there's a chance that he could vault up, but he's going to have to have one hell of a season. I agree with you. I think he needs to come back for another year. Yep. So then you look at Billy Shrouth again, late first, day two you know, round two potential. Then you look at Rocco and Zeke Carell, and they're more day three guys. Zeke just okay. because of his size more so, but sure. I've got to tell you, man, I, I've been impressed by the his footwork this spring, I mean, this fall camp, his leadership, Vince. I mean, he he talks as, almost as much as Joe Rudolph. Yep. Which yep. I liked, and being uh, being hyperbolic there, but yes, he's very no, I know what you're, exactly what you're saying. Playing yeah. with, I mean, he just seems to have a lot more pop when he mm-hmm. in drills this year than he did last mm-hmm. year that's a positive but yeah he's the center which isn't an incredibly high valued position you know you the way the way you'd think it would be but uh from a draft standpoint so th- day day three guy Rocco same thing you know Rocco just doesn't have the foot speed right even now with the improvements he doesn't have the foot speed to be a day one sure. early day two pick I mean and he's, and he's an interior okay. guy right yeah. because a lot of guards and centers aren't going to go in the first round Right. Most of the time. I mean, right. you, you get your one-offs like a Quentin Nelson, you know, that kind of a thing. Sure. But most of the time, it's tackles. And so that's to be expected, yeah. I would say. Because those guys aren't generational guards and yeah. centers and things like well, that. Well, I mean, I don't think you need to be generational. I mean, we've seen guys like Ryan Kelly and guys like that. But, yes, to go in the top half for sure. Right. But you've got to be really good. Yes. Really good to be a first-round guard or center. Sure, in my opinion. And like you said, Vince, there might be like, I think there was one year. I think, I mean, there was like one year I, recently where there was like two centers taken in the first round. And, but other than that, man, it just, it doesn't happen a whole lot. Right. So let's just go centers and guards to, to back up your point. Last year, there were zero centers taken in round one. The year before that, there was one. None the year before that. One in 2020, 
one in 2019, two in 2018. Oh, big year. None in 2017, one in 2016, one in 2015, none in 14, one in 13. In 2013, there were only five centers, period, drafted, and they were the same <laughs> as the year before. And uh, so you, you you just don't see it a ton. You look at guard, one guard taken in the first round last year, and he played tackle in college, Peter Skaronsky, which some people don't even view as a guard. If you, if you view Peter Skaronsky as a tackle, which I believe the Titans do, I could be wrong on that, then none were. There were three the year before. Wow. There was two the year before that. Again, one of those guys that was taken the year before was a tackle in college. Yeah. Right. Rashawn Slater, who here is listed as a guard, played tackle in college. Won the year before that. Won the year before that. Won the year before that. None the year before that. Two the year before that. Including one who played tackle. Three the year before that. Again, two of those guys that are listed here as guards were playing were tackles in college. Right. So to your point, Vince, right? I may disagree with the generational aspect of it. The reality is it's not a lot. You've got to be the right. best of the best at guard to be a first round draft pick. You've got to be the number one or number two guard coming out. Right. I mean, and right. a lot of times, like you said, some of those guys are tackles that are moving inside just because of the next level type stuff. Right. So correct. Yeah. So that's uh that's gonna do it, man. It's gonna get us. All right. out of here. Well, we had a we had a fun one today. Talked about the 25 class. We had a, an awesome interview with uh with Justin Thurman, the new commitment to the 25 class running back uh, out of Florida. And then we got into the mailbag. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell, share with your family and friends. Boards.irishbreakdown.com, people. If you want the inside scoop, that's where you need to be. We are revving up with the preseason stuff, guys. So the intel is going to keep on coming. We've got practice uh, on Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. Like we're, it's going to be rolling, and we only have one more full practice. So if you we're want the some intel fun stuff on the boards this year during game weeks as well, too. So there you go. So get on the boards, guys. We're a couple of, couple away from our goal, our preseason goal. So uh, jump on there. Have you know? Let's have some fun. We we have a lot of fun on the boards, and uh, I love. I check it every day. Always reading the intel. So uh, make sure you check it out. And then, of course, check out our merch store. There's all kinds of good stuff on there. Somebody got one of the distressed IB hats. I might have to get one of those. I'm not sure. That that. that looks like a good one. So there's all kinds of good stuff on the merch store. So make sure you check that out as well. But uh, And we've had actually four people sign up since we started the show. See? And someone bought from the merch store. So there you go. Unbelievable. All right. Well, come on back in about an hour and 50 minutes because Ivy Nation Sports Talk is coming, and uh, Sean and I are going to do a practice recap, Mm -hmm. and uh, then we're going to jump into some rapid fire. So lots of fun tonight as well. So for Brian, I'm Vince. We will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.